You're listening to Culture Rich. Culture Rich. Welcome, I'm Christina Michelle, inviting you to join me for Culture Rich Conversations. This week, we're continuing our discussion about Black love and relationships. In the wake of Valentine's Day, my guests are going to open up about the importance of Black love representation here in Juneau, in Alaska, and beyond. They'll also discuss the ins and outs of maintaining a strong and grounded relationship. From KTOO in Juneau, this is Culture Rich Conversations. Culture Rich Conversations is underwritten by Mark Stofa and Sarah Hannon, celebrating Juno's diversity of culture, language, and heritage. Culture Rich Conversations is made possible by a grant from the Social Justice Fund Grant Program of the Alaska Community Foundation. The Black Awareness Association would like to take a moment to recognize that Culture Rich Conversations is broadcast from Flinket Ani. We acknowledge those families who made use of this land and waterways for thousands of years and still cherish it as an important part of their way of life for today and future generations. Gunalschish, thank you. You're listening to Culture Rich. Culture Rich. Christina Michelle. Today we're back with our guests from last week's Black Love episode for part two of this amazing conversation. Former Juno locals, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, and current Juno locals, Malcolm Lorenzo and Kerry Gordon, are here to continue this discussion. Last week, our guests shared with us the status of their Black love journey and what Black love meant to them. Today, we'll go deeper and discuss how representation and hard work create a solid foundation in the Black love relationship. During the breaks, you'll also hear clips from Juno locals sharing what comes to mind when they hear the phrase Black love. You'll want to stay tuned for that. Let's get into this conversation. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, Mr. Keith and Miss D. Johnson, if you would remind our listeners where you are zooming in from and what your connection to Juno is. Well, we are zooming in from Stafford, Virginia, which is about uh, 40 miles south of Washington, D.C., and you lived in Juneau for some time. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your experience then? Yeah, we uh, we arrived in Juneau in uh, 1992. <laughs> and, uh, and we left Juneau in uh, 2000, in 2000, yeah. In yeah. 2000, yeah. 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 And so, uh, the, and I, you know, U.S. Coast Guard, I, that's what brought me to Juneau. But we had a, 
fantastic time in Juneau, Alaska. We we, we really really enjoyed the the, the, culture. the, yeah, the culture, the diversity, um, the just the environment, the atmosphere, uh, how open people were, you know, how friendly they were, um, and uh, we love the fact that our kids were able to grow up and be kids, you know, and uh, just have fun and uh, make friends of all different uh, nationalities. And, you know, and I think it made them better human beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the Juno community embraced us because uh, we were very much a part of the, uh, I call it, the Juno NFL, <laughs> because that whole Juno football league thing is something. Well, it was know, something then. It yeah, was yeah, definitely yeah, something yeah, then but, because uh, but, Keith was the, was the uh, chair of coaches. Of the, yeah, the chair of coaches. <laughs> and but, then um, I worked at Fred Meyer. Um, work my 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 deal was I wanted to do something while my children were in school, so I ended up going to work at Fred Meyer. Worked as a cashier for a week, and then ended up being uh, the manager of the shoe department. And oh my goodness! And so eventually, I opened a store in Juno for uh, plus size women called uh, Bells. I remember <laughs> on the that commercial, story. Remember that? Because remember on the commercial, it said, uh, Bells, fashions for fatties. <laughs> you know, it was the only place that you could have gotten away from. And I mean, people thought that was so, so funny. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, also, Christina, I think, you know, I think, uh, the community, the Juno community, got an opportunity to see not just with us, with the, with you guys, with the boozers, uh, black families. Yes, you know, uh, and, and and black families that were together and, yes. and that you know went to church, went you know did everything that you know families do. Exactly. And so I think it uh, it, it gave them another another. Another view of a black family you know, breaking stereotypes and and so that's black love. I guess. It is, and then <laughs> and then keeping shoes on Carlos Boozer's feet, <laughs> <laughs> which was a task in itself, as we it, all it, know. It was hard to get eighteens in there. Wasn't yeah, fifteen to eighteens. Well, we are so happy that you are back here today with uh, with us having this conversation. Thank you so much. And Kiri, if you can share with us about where you are from and how long you've been here in Juneau and what your experience has been as far as living and loving here in <laughs> Juneau. Hi, everybody. I'm Kiri. I hail all the way from Queens, New York, and I've been coming back and forth to Juno for about 12 years now, seeking my peace and solitude. There's plenty of that here. Come join us. No. <laughs> no, to be honest, the community that I've experienced in Juno, yeah, just as the Johnson said, the community here is wonderful. People have been welcoming. Um, yeah. And that, to be honest, that has helped with me learn how to um, 
connect with people and build lasting relationships. That wasn't something that was really exercised in New York just because everybody's so busy. Everybody has, you know, a schedule jam packed, you know, so nobody really has personal time to really get to know someone. And here, I remember first coming here, someone invited me to a get together on a Tuesday. And I'm like, you have free time on a Tuesday? <laughs> That's new. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, who does that? But I had to get used to that. People are just down for a get together whenever, you know, it's convenient, especially during these long, dark winters. So, yeah, I just um, I've learned to discover. To unearth a new part of myself that I didn't know was there or that I even needed to recognize. So. Thank you, Julie. love that. <laughs> Thank you, Curie. And Malcolm, how about yourself? For me, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Hello, everyone. From Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I've been in Juno for three years now, going on four. And it has been, uh, a, I'm reveling in my evolution, I would say, I guess. Um, uh, I moved here in 2019. Like before uh, the pandemic happened, so when it when it the pandemic actually hit, it was kind of like unbelievable. I didn't really believe that it was going that this was really going down. Like this is this is what what's happening now. So it was it was a bit of a a, a shocker for me, but um, and all in all, you know, I met my fiance through it, and we've been together since since then, and and it's 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 been great. It's been an experience for me. It's been it's been a time. Thank you, Malcolm. If you did not hear our episode last week, I definitely encourage you to check it out. You can find our podcast, Culture Rich Conversations, wherever you podcast. And we talked about laying a foundation, basically, for the uh, conversation we're going to have today. Uh, with Black love and the Black lived experience of loving in Juneau and in Alaska and beyond. And our guests just so candidly and openly shared about how they met and uh, just the dynamics between themselves and their families, some of the misconceptions about dating here uh, in Juneau as a person of color. Uh, we heard from Curie and from Malcolm as uh, those who are not married and then also from the perspective of the Johnsons who have been married for 43 years. So it was an excellent conversation and we definitely encourage you to check that out. So going a little deeper today, let's talk about representation um, as an important element in Black love. So I'm going to start with you, Mr. Keith and Ms. D. Uh, why do you think that <laughs> representation is so important when we talk about the black the black lived experience with love? <laughs> well, I think it's 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 important because people have some incredible ideas about black people and you know what we do and how we do. And I'm telling you, people are people. I don't care what color they are. I don't care. Um, where they come from. Sure, some things are cultural, but just uh, the representation of having 
I think we are a solid representation of Black love because we've been together, we have children together, we raised them together, <laughs> you know, uh, we did crazy stuff with them together. We traveled, we, you know, we, we, we taught them, or we tried to teach them um, financial um, uh, stability and stewardship, that kind of thing. And um, we, I, I, I believe that sometimes people just think that Black people don't have it together. And we most definitely do, in a lot of cases, have it. I mean, look at, look, okay, let's talk about Natasha. She has children. She's a great mom. She has a husband who's married for what twenty years. So Natasha and, Natasha Boozer is who you're referring to. She is the yes, producer yes. of our show. Go ahead. Yes, yes. And I mean, I knew her as a kid, and uh, used to kind of uh, be her voice uh, teacher uh, to help her. You know, but uh, I'm telling you, she has grown up to be. Um, stable, uh, live a great life, you know, just happens to have a brother named Carlos. <laughs> and uh, my daughter and her husband have been married 18 years and they have two boys, little boys, because they didn't have children until they had been married for about 11 years. So, I mean, come on. And I think that uh, that's the ability from our children. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. we we you know we provided a uh, you know a a uh, a, a point, foundation a foundation a point of uh, reference uh, I'll say mm-hmm. uh, for them to evolve from. So exactly, I think I think it's more important for us to let people know that we uh, we can set standards and we mm-hmm. can and we have standards. Yeah, yeah and we have standards mm-hmm. and. You know, we are concerned about our families just like anybody else. Exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking from 43 years of experience, what would you say is most needed for a long lasting, healthy relationship? I think you have to say what you need to say when you need to say it. Okay. You you don't have to. You got to be able to to communicate. Yes. and you've got to be able to, uh, you know, you may get you may get a little offended sometimes. You got to let that, you know, you still have to sleep with that person tonight. Yes. So you so you better get over that fast. Really, you know, and, 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 and don't don't be so polite. You know, we had a couple say, "Gosh, <laughs> you guys, man, how do you just do that?" And I'm like, "Well, you know what? I just like to keep it real." Like sometimes I may not like it, he may not like it, but you know, baby, this is hard work. And sometimes you think, get out, pack your stuff. If you don't pack, I'm gonna pack it for you. Okay. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it's like, okay, I changed my mind. Come on back. Come on back. <laughs> I mean, it's like anything else. Yeah. It I, really is. It's yeah, like I think sometimes else. we we only want to paint the the rosy picture of it all, but it's like, you know, we, you know, everybody, you're human beings. And so, you know, you're going to have a bad day sometimes and, you know, and she's going to have a bad day sometimes, but, you know, you want to go to bed that night though, uh, letting that person know that you love them and, you know. 
Because you don't want to say, say you don't want to shit your eyes and uh, not be able to say something to that person for the last time. You know, exactly. You exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and ex- be quick. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We, Go we're ahead. We're being, we're learning that even after 43 years, we're learning to be quick to get past whatever that craziness was, you know, that you guys were just like, you know, I'm not speaking to you or, you know, just saying ugly things or whatever the case may be. Get over it fast. You know, be quick, be quick about that. Well, experts say that the best indicator of whether a relationship will last is not how well a couple gets along, but how well they resolve conflict. Do you agree with that? And if so, what are your rules of engagement for conflict resolution? (laughs) Baby, it's called battle. It just depends on what day it is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. I I mean, I I am a spiritual woman. But however, I am not perfect. And sometimes he has gotten on my nerves and I have called him names. that I would not dare say on this show. But I mean, I mean, that's just keeping it real. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, I cannot stand hey, you. Hey, Malcolm, don't, you know, stay, stay engaged now. Don't, 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 uh, I see you kind of, you know, don't, don't, uh, I'm here, I'm all here. Don't let this scare you away. Yeah, but you know what? You come back and, and the best part about anything is making up. The makeup part, that's really fun, Malcolm, okay? Mm-hmm. That's really, really fun. And, you know, and what I would say to anyone is this. Now, nobody ever told us this. We found it out the hard way. We, everything was about our kids. I mean, we were, that's what our focus was, okay? Because we wanted to ensure that they were solid Mm -hmm. human beings. But in the midst of that, we kind of put our own, you know, uh-huh, on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So once our kids got grown and left, we were looking at each other like, I'm like, well, you can leave. She said that I came home from uh, when I retired from the, from the military, when I retired, retired from the Coast Guard. She said I came home and disrupted everything. She's like, like, you know, I, you know, it's like, so, you know, what I say about that is, you know, live your life. Even as you, as you, you know, you have kids and and things evolve, you know, live, you don't put your life on hold, you know, do the things that you want. And ask your wife, ask your wife, say, honey, are you okay? What do you need? Okay. What do you need? You got to be, you know, you got to look out for each other. Don't take it all for yourself. Yeah. You're the man. You may make the money. You may not make the money. There've been times I made way more money than he does. And I'm headed that way never. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, with your catering business. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, we talked a lot about relating to others in the last episode, but I'd like to talk a little bit about the role that self-love plays in your relationship and also in uh, Kiri with you and Malcolm, um, your relationship to yourself and Malcolm with your partner. So, uh, Kiri, I'll start with you talking about self-love. What does that mean to you and how does it relate to the way that you relate to others? Oh, wow. That's deep. We love it. (laughs) We love it. It's been a journey with self-love. And I could say, like, at this point in my life, 
I'm happy where I am. But you know what? It's like speaking on kind of snowballing off of what they said. Um, when you don't grow up in a household that exhibits love, you know, since we're speaking about black love, you don't know how to recognize it when it's given to you later on in life, let alone love yourself, you know? And so you were just talking about representation and I'm just correlating how that, you know, you understand what I mean? Yeah. But, um, I just lost my dream. That's okay. And the Johnsons, just for a little context, are married. They've been married for 43 years and Curie is single and open to meeting new people. And Malcolm is speaking from the perspective of unmarried, but partnered and engaged. Okay. And so we're just talking about what self-love means and how it relates to to relationships with ourselves and with others. Um, Malcolm, did you want to speak to that? And then Kiri will come Um, back to you. Sure. I will say that in loving yourself, you know what you deserve. You know what you're willing to accept and not accept when it comes to um, giving and receiving love because we all have different love languages and we all have different ways of you know, expressing or communicating the type of love that we want, the type of love that we need, and then the type of love that we get, you know. So if if I acquire um, acts of service, like for you, for me to feel loved, I feel like, you know, baby, can you wash the dishes after I cook? If I'm going to cook, then you wash the dishes or, you know, you make up the bed when I come home, the bed's made. You know, me seeing that being done is a way of you saying, hey, baby, you know, I did this for you. I love you. Or if it's spending time together, you know, you know, get home from work. Come the first thing you do is come sit down and give me a hug and we sit down and just chill for a minute or or, you know, um, you like you like being touched or, you know, rub my back or give me a massage or rub my feet or something like that. Like if that's your thing, then. Some people don't like feet, you know, it's like, oh, you don't love me because you don't want to rub my feet. Mm. (laughs) So that goes back to the communication that the Johnsons were talking about (laughs) and sharing your likes and dislikes so people don't get their feelings hurt. You know, so (laughs) all that, that, all that plays a part. And I feel like, um, you know, in getting to know myself and my, 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 quirks and kings and what I like and don't like and just accepting myself for who I am has been able to help me find somebody else that also accepts me for who I am and loves me for the person that I am today. Very nice. Okay. Sorry, I lost my train of thought before. (laughs) But yeah, so going out into the world and I'm feeling like I wasn't prepared, you know, when it comes to loving someone else, yet alone loving myself. Um, once I realized that, like, hey, like after a string of failed relationships, like horribly nosedived relationships. And at first I'm like, what is wrong with these guys? You know, I have a bad picker. But then I realized like the common denominator was me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I said, OK, what is it about me that is choosing these people, you know, 
that are causing havoc in my life. And so because I realized I had no inkling of what to even look for, you know, I didn't know what to look for. And I, 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 the first time I saw a man shave his face, I was 27. I was 27. I had no inkling. I started watching older couples, which is why what they were saying earlier is so valuable when there's that representation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I started watching YouTube videos literally on families, on how mothers, um, their reactions, their day-to-day with their daughters. I would go to the nail salon and watch mothers with their daughters and just, you know, the interactions. And I learned from that because I had no idea. Mm. And through that and through the act of watching other people, black or, or not, you know, but clearly I could identify, okay, that's a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Let me take mental notes, you know? Mm-hmm. I was able to start treating myself better. And so now, although I'm single, like I'm not crying, you know, I'm okay. And I actually like, I take myself out on dates, but I treat myself the way I would want someone else to treat me. And in that way, I also learned, hey, you like, you know, you might be in a relationship like you were talking about acts of service. Um, I can allow someone to love me and appreciate it for what it is. But if it doesn't work for me, I have the choice to say, you know, yes or no and walk away peacefully. And that's also self-love. There is no tumultuousness. It doesn't have to be a fight. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that hard. So there. I love that, Carrie. Thank you so much. I'm Christina Michelle, and I'm here with Mr. Keith and Miss D. Johnson and Carrie Gordon and Malcolm Lorenzo. And we're continuing the conversation about Black love and the Black lived experience of living and loving here in Juneau and in Alaska. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to jump more into this love languages thing that Malcolm mentioned earlier. I'm Christina Michelle, and we'll be right back. Hi, my name's Natalie. When I think about Black love, I feel like it's royalty, it's power, and it's self-love. It's having pride in our heritage and our culture, and most of all, our beauty and who we are. Black love means carrying the weight of systematic oppression, breaking free from mistakes of our parents, navigating an existence without an identity, figuring out who you are and how to love yourself, and then opening yourself to be vulnerable enough to love someone else, and most importantly, letting them love you back.
Welcome back to Culture Rich Conversations. I'm Christina Michelle, and today we're continuing the conversation on Black love and living and loving here in Juneau and uh, in Alaska and beyond. So before we went to break, the five love languages were mentioned by our guest Malcolm, and uh, I would love to hear from each of our guests about their experiences with the love languages. So just for a little context, Gary Chapman is the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. The five love languages are words of affirmation. This means communicating affection through spoken and written praise, appreciation, encouragement, and frequent I love you's. Uh, The second is quality time, expressing love by fully focusing attention on your partner through shared activities, conversation, and togetherness. The third is physical touch, showing care through intimate and affectionate physical contact, like hugging, kissing, and intimacy. Acts of service, doing thoughtful deeds and gestures to help make your partner's life easier by relieving burdens. And finally, we have receiving gifts giving meaningful surprises and symbolic presents to celebrate affection. So are we all familiar with the love languages? Yes. I'm seeing a collective head nod. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, buddy. uh, Let's start with the Johnsons. Uh, Do you know what your love languages are? Personally and for each other. Uh, well, I like words of affirmation, and uh, I like to know when uh, I've done I've done something that she likes. Or, you know, that, that. something <laughs> something that's good. You know, I like to I like to hear too if you know if I'm smelling good, if I'm looking good. You know, it's like. Uh, yeah, you know that, that. I don't know. I, I like that. You know, I like mean something to me, to me to me for you know for my lady to to think uh, I'm all at you. <laughs> and Miss D, how about you? What is your love language? Well, you know, I'm the. It's like, please spend time with me. Just you know, I, I'm a big baby. I just I just want you to just kind of be up under me and be like. You know, you're just so cute. I just love, I just, yeah. But see, Christine, that's, see, sometimes that's a problem because, you know, I'm an introvert, see, and I like, you know, and I I need, sometimes people exhaust me (laughs) and I need, you know, so that solitude gives me the energy that I need. I understand. So, (laughs) So it's like sometimes we just, you know, I'm like, where are you? <laughs> I'm like, other people are saying stuff to me. It's like, I want you to, and he's like, well, you know, somebody's always, I'm like, but I want, I want to hear it from you. Also, <laughs> well, maybe you have a little bit of words of affirmation in your love language yeah, profile I too. Girl at all. I like the gifts too. Okay. <laughs> 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 I do. I like the gifts too. So, I mean, you know, keep. But she's not. But 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 not over the top with the gifts. Uh-huh. I know she she just you know it, it can be it can be little things too. You know, yeah. and I don't have to it's be don't have to be big. You know, but uh, 
just to know that you know you're thinking of that. yeah that's yeah and when you when you've been married as long as we have that's really important but you know it it gets me sometimes to just you know to to give something and I see it hanging in the closet with a tag on it. You know, that, 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 you know, that's just like, yeah. yeah. Well. Is, that, is, that, is that a woman thing? Is that, is that, that's what that is. After 40 some years, I'm asking you guys. I'm gonna, right? I'm gonna guess that she's saving it for a very special occasion. Generally, that is so. Because All right, you can cut off the hook. Okay, it okay. Is. Right. Because he'll say, woo. I'm like, uh-huh. That's that thing that you were bugging me about. <laughs> so this is this is the occasion to wear it. Okay. <laughs> well, let's hear from our unmarried people about the love languages because these love languages apply in any situation that you're in. So Malcolm, we'll start with you. What is your primary <clears throat> love language? My primary love language would have to be words of affirmation. And oh, words of affirmation and touch. Um, I like to be reassured, and I like back rubs, head rubs. If you want to rub my feet, so be it. You don't have to. I'm not asking you to. But I mean, hey, just touch me. Let me know you love me. You know, like just it is. It is what it is. Like, um, and gifts. I like getting gifts. Sometimes, not all the time, but like, you know, just a little, I was thinking about you. So I stopped and got just, you know, a little knickknack, whatever. Um, Hers is quality time and um, and gifts, quality time and gifts, also touch. So that's where me and her kind of mesh well, because we both like touch. We both like words of affirmation. so, yeah, that's, that's that's what it is for me. Okay. And Kiri, how about yourself? Well, my no frills kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> acts of service. Oh, I forgot about 100%. Yes. I lead a very busy life. Like I mentioned before at my family, there was always something going on. So, having someone to make my life easier you know, I come in, laundry's done, mm-hmm. dishes are done, mm-hmm. my ASMR is set on my YouTube channel, ready to go. That does it for me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Simple. So the idea is that the way that you perceive love is the way that you also give love. So if your primary love languages are uh, quality time and acts of service, then you would tend to spend quality time with people and to to uh, engage in acts of service for them to show them that you love them. But it may not land if their top two are gift giving and, you know, physical touch so i'll come back to the johnsons on this how long did it learn for you guys to learn and appreciate each other's love languages and express love in the way that your partner most needs it we still learn it (laughs) (laughs) 43 years (laughs) yeah 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 it is ongoing and the reason being is because you know 
things change, life changes, you know, you go through certain things and, you know, things that didn't necessarily appeal to you maybe 20 years ago. Now it's important to you, you know, Mm -hmm. so we're still learning. And, uh, And, well, she is, uh, I was, when when I was listening to uh, Carrie, she is also acts of service, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, which can be exhausting for him <laughs> because he is a mama's boy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just now starting to realize that acts of service is also a love language for me because I'll come home and I realize that I'm doing all the stuff that could have been done already. And I'm like, why isn't this done? I shouldn't have to do this. If you know, this could have been done already. It just needs to get done. So why didn't you need to do this? <laughs> you sound like my communication. Wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, may I interject, please? Yes. Now, that can actually tear up a relationship mm-hmm. because, and, and Malcolm, don't hold it in. You know, um, take her by the hand. Um, have her sit in your lap and talk about that. Talk about that. So you have to talk about the situation. What you do is you you get her in a position so she doesn't feel like you're threatening her or, you know, that she becomes like hurt because you're not pleased. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because I think you guys got a good thing going. You really <laughs> do. You, you. Even I at a young age, because when you started talking about the love language, I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What are you But I but that is just, you know, advice from a woman about mm-hmm. your woman mm-hmm. to how to I mean, if, if you see that, that bothers you, then pull her to you. You know, be mm-hmm. sweet. You gotta lower your voice. You gotta get that, you know, that <laughs> And see, that's what I've been trying to figure out how to do because I, I always, I, when I try to communicate my feelings to, to her uh, or express anything, I always end up like hurting her feelings or something like that. And that's not what I'm trying to well, do. Work on it. That's what I'm telling you. It's All like right. you got to be like extra sweet. I mean, you just got to be, yeah, because how you say it. Mm-hmm. Delivery is everything. Yep. Deliverance words, words matter, my friend. I they tell you, do. they do. They do. And if you want to stay engaged and make sure you get to, uh, I won't just say a bumping ground. Hey, look. <laughs> so what this we're is hearing a, is we well, want to communicate if we're going to move forward. Okay. I got you. Yeah. 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 Well, if you're Do just we- joining us, this is Christina Michelle, and I'm here with the Johnsons and with Kiri and with Malcolm, and we're continuing our conversation about Black love, and we're getting some uh, much appreciated counseling, uh, marriage advice, premarital counseling advice from the Johnsons, who are veterans in this Black love topic. Um Let's continue the conversation and talk a little bit about spirituality and the role that spirituality uh, plays in your love life. Uh, so, Miss um, Miss uh, D, we'll start with you. Okay. So for me, I have the ability to follow my husband. <laughs> 
Um, I look at him as the spiritual leader of our family. And the thing about that is this. I always encourage him to ensure that that vertical relationship between he and the Abba Father is strong. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't know a woman in the world who can truly get into a man that has no relationship with the Abba Father. We are made that way. You know, we are not just, and sometimes, you know, what we've been talking about, because I also lead a women's eye group, is we're not just, you know, you can't just say somebody, oh, you know, well, you know, we're just going to pray. Sometimes it takes more than prayer. Sometimes you got to be aware of the fact that I'm I'm confused. My head is, I I can't, you know, get with this program. And sometimes you just got to take the time to go and talk to somebody who can help you with your mind. You know, where your mind is, because we are not just spirit. We we are everything. We're everything all in one. And we have to, and we're whole. So we have to take care of everything. And I mean, hey, when I say to Keith, okay, I think we have some issues going on. I think there's something going on. I can't tell things seem off or just kind of, you know, out of balance. I say we need to take a minute. We need to review the promises of God. We need to review what God says about us, each one of us individually and collectively. And we need to come together and we need to be on one accord. I mean, there's just going to be times that you won't have to just come together and God is going to move when the two of you can decide that you're going to be fighting for the same thing. And that's unity and peace. Yeah, it's so true that, uh, you know, you have to uh, close out all outside forces Mm -hmm. and come together Mm -hmm. and, uh, and really, really dig in uh, and, and, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit, you know, yeah. you know really dig in. And, and uh, it's like right now, we've had the television off for almost, 30, a week. almost yeah, almost, almost a week. because certain things that we're trying to hear. And so no outside voices, mm-hmm. you know, prayer. Very careful about what, where we go. Yeah. And, and so. You know, it's times that you have to come together like that to get, to get an answer from the Lord. That's the way we feel anyway, to get an answer from the Lord. And it works. And this is the other thing, too. And this goes for the man and the woman. Don't tell people. Tell God. <laughs> because when you tell people, they're going to take your situation and distort it. You know, maybe they don't mean to, but you don't need to be that vulnerable. Don't tell people. Tell God. Much needed advice from uh, from the Johnsons there. Um, I'm going to go to you, Malcolm, on how spirituality plays a uh, role in your love experience. Um, well, I was brought up uh, in a Christian household. My mom went to church. My dad, they both went to church. Um, my parents split, though, when I was about five years old. So... It was always, um, it was very tumultuous uh, in the beginning between my mom and my dad. So 
I, you know, as a kid, gravitated towards my mother, of course, but my dad was always there. And he always made it a point to make his time spent with me memorable. So for me, that will always resonate with me. Um, but as far as, you know, spirituality goes, I, I, I always had like a, a, a sense, I guess, a sixth sense. And, and I always uh, tried to pray about everything. And if there's something that I'm missing or something that I'm not getting, I always ask for it. I always wait before I go to bed and I'll say a prayer and ask for the answer. <clears throat> to reveal itself to me or to, you know, guide me in this time and show me what I'm not seeing or what I'm missing or something like that. And within a matter of like a week or a month or two, you know, I'll, I'll forget that I even asked that question and then something will pop up and I'll be like, whoa, that's what it is. Like, that's what, you know, that's what. So for me, it's always been just to prayer and have faith and keep your faith strong and, and, and know that there's, there's answers out there. If you don't like, you know, like they said, ask God, talk to God and not other people because other people will definitely lead you astray. Thank you, Malcolm. And Carrie, how does spirituality play a role in the way that you uh, love and relate to others? Hmm. This might be a little TMI, but. Up until recently, I um I decided to be celibate. Even if I did find someone that I was dating, they needed to be okay with that. Reason being is because I think celibacy is an exercise in self-control and accountability. And like I mentioned earlier, we live in an age of, you know, swipe left instant gratification we're so used to that and if I'm dating at this point in my life is to get married like that's the point I'm not here to play games COVID came and went still trickling around ain't nobody got time for that no 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 life is too short so I want to make sure that person that I'm with they're okay with sacrifice you know Ooh, and we move, yeah, and we move forward together. And if that means dying to ourselves for as long, however long we are dating, but we are making a commitment to each other. And that leaves me with some sort of inkling that, hey, okay, this marriage, if we decide to do that, it it might work. You know, what do I have to lose at this point? It's 2024. Everything is available. Like, okay, nothing is shocking. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the radical thing <laughs> and I'm going to withhold the goods. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's going to have to withhold yeah. his goods. That sounds like a winner to me. Hey. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and on <laughs> that <laughs> note, well, we are going to take. I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We will continue this conversation. I'm Christina Michelle and we'll be back in just a moment.
Black love, what does that mean to me? I believe love in its uh, entirety is deep, pure, and whole. And a love for my culture, my family, myself. And loving those things as much as I love myself. I always think of love as being patient, kind, doesn't um, like envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude, and it does not insist on having its own way. It's not irritable, and it's not resentful. It does not take joy in wrongdoing, but it does take joy where there's truth. I believe that's love, black love, any kind of love. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome back to Culture Rich Conversations. I'm Christina Michelle, and today I have been joined by my guests, Mr. Keith and Miss D. Johnson, and Kiri Gordon and Malcolm Lorenzo. And we've been having a conversation about Black love and what the experience of a person who is Black living in Alaska, loving in Alaska, is like. So as we close out this episode, I would love for each of you to share um, what is the most important lesson you have learned so far on your Black love journey. And before we went to break, Kiri, you were talking about spirituality and how that's played a role in in, um, your Black love journey. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add anything to that? Um. Just that I'm holding myself accountable. And to be honest, the decision that I made to be celibate, it has forced me to actually open my eyes and be extremely choosy about who I invite into my space and who I give um, access to, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And Miss D, I saw a real emphatic head nod when Curie was talking earlier. I wanted to give you an opportunity to respond to anything uh, that she said if you wanted to, and also to answer the question about what you've learned on your Black love journey. Well, um, to Carrie, <laughs> I think you are a phenomenal young. Uh, you. you are, as they say, woke. <laughs> you are, yeah, you are woke. You are enlightened. And I, 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 I'm telling you, your future is bright. It is very, very bright. And I believe that you, that, that God is going to bless you beyond anything you can imagine, just because you made a lot of the decisions that you have made. Thank you. I mean, I, I, I've really been, um, it just does my heart, just makes my, my. it's like my whole insides are just smiling, just um, having an opportunity to hear both you and uh, um, Lorenzo. Malcolm. 
now. So to hear you guys' perspective, to hear where you stand with, you know, who you are, what it is that you want, and and just having spirituality be alive and well within both of you. It's I, I I'm just I'm thrilled. I am so so thrilled. And what I've learned is this. On my journey, it's just that, hey, nobody's perfect. And whenever you are pointing your finger at someone else, there's always fingers pointing back at you. So I just try to be full of grace. Because grace is probably the greatest thing that you can ever receive as well as give to another individual. And I keep it simple. I tell Keith all the time, I said, hey, if you can't give it, then guess what? Then you can't get it. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you want, if it's not something that you can give wholeheartedly to someone else, then guess what? You're not going to get it. Thank you, Ms. D. And Mr. Keith? Uh, for me, I look at it as a, as a perspective of uh, legacy, <laughs> Black love. I have a 10-year-old granddaughter, and I have what she was telling you, eight-year-old and seven-year-old grandsons. And I want them to see the love that I have for their grandmother. And I want them to be able to take that, you know, and 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 say, okay, this is this is what love is. You know, this is what black love is. Uh, and to just be able to take that and have something to hold on to. And desire. And, and, and desire it, as she says, for their future. You know, and so they won't have to learn about it in the streets. They won't have to learn about it from anybody else out here. They'll just have to look at us yep. and they'll know. Yeah, that's beautiful. And Malcolm, same question to you. What's the most important lesson you've learned so far on your Black love journey? <clears throat> um, I would say so far it would have to be just to not take everything personally. You know, not everything is so personal. Sometimes it's just, you just kind of have to take a step back and realize, you know, it's not all about you all the time. Sometimes it's, it's just, it's, 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 it's okay to, you know, let somebody else either take the lead sometimes. Sometimes it's okay to, to step back and sometimes it's okay to step forward. Um, most of all, it's just remember to to love each other and love yourself and always have that relationship with God to be able to ask for guidance and know when you're, you know, when you're being, um, when you're, when you're being, I I'll just yeah I just kind of blanked there for the for that for that second I'm sorry that's okay you know you guys have all given us wonderful insight into um, your black lived experience with love and I really really appreciate every one of you for sharing again for the second time um, so deeply about uh, where you are with your journey and how you've gotten to the place where you are and even where you aspire to go you guys are all a really 
beautiful inspiration to myself. And I know that our listeners have gotten a lot from this conversation as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you did not hear the first episode, please go and uh, check it out. You can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts and you'll hear the first part of this conversation that um, we are continuing today. Um, I appreciate you all and I wish you so much love and continued success on your Black love journeys. I'm Christina Michelle and we will be right back with Today in Black History. Today in Black History, we celebrate the legendary Nat King Cole, who passed away on February 15th in 1965 after losing his battle with lung cancer at the age of 45. Nat King Cole was born in Montgomery, Alabama, grew up in Chicago, Illinois, and was considered one of the most influential artists of his time. From swing music to jazz, Nat King Cole's groundbreaking contribution to Black culture and ultimately Black history paved the way for the many others that followed followed and gave us classic hits, including the Christmas song, Get Your Kicks on Route 66, and Straighten Up and Fly Right. For his contributions to music and American history, his beloved legacy will continue to live on. Thank you for listening today. And as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. Our email address is genobaa at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook by searching BAA Juno. Today's show was produced by Natasha Boozer. And until next week, may your life be blessed and flow with ease. I'm Christina Michelle, and this is Culture Rich Conversations. Culture Rich Conversations is underwritten by Mark Stofa and Sarah Hannon, celebrating Juno's diversity of culture, language, and heritage. Culture Rich Conversations is made possible by a grant from the Social Justice Fund Grant Program of the Alaska Community Foundation. You're listening to Culture Rich. Culture Rich. Culture Rich. Culture Rich.